the big focus is on what is happening in Israel right now and uh, the horrific attack Friday night and into Saturday morning on the f- near 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, on a Jewish holiday, on the Sabbath, uh, in every which way it meant to take the widest swing at Jews, Judaism, the religion, and the region. Uh, and now Israel is in the throes of fighting back. Many questions to be asked. Yinam Cohen, the Council General of Israel to the Midwest, is on the line with us right now to talk about that. Yinam, thank you for coming on with us. Thank you, Mitch. All right. Um, let's get a, an update as where we are right now uh, in, in just after 4 o'clock on the east. Uh, we've heard that uh, Israel has basically said um, we're going to seize uh, Gaza. Tell us what that means. The past 24, uh, 48 hours in Israel were horrific and devastating. The numbers that we're talking about right now are more than 900 casualties, mostly civilians, in Israel. Um, and around 100 people that were abducted and now held hostage by Hamas in the Gaza Strip. By the way, among the casualties and the, uh, and the hostages in the Gaza Strip are also American citizens. Right. And French um, and has, Mexican and other from what we're hearing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was the most devastating day in the history of Israel. We're talking about an orchestrated terror attack that started with the firing of more than 3,000 missiles towards Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and all across the south of Israel. And in parallel, more than 1,000 Hamas and Islamic Jihad terrorists invaded into the south of Israel, entered into more than 20 Israeli communities, and started massacring people. They went from one house to another, shooting entire families, children in front of their mothers, parents in front of their kids, setting fires, uh, setting houses on fire. Then they abducted many of them and took them, as I said, hostages. Uh, to the Gaza Strip, among them children, mothers, uh, Holocaust survivors. So this is this this has been devastating. We're still counting the numbers, and as you said, we will have to act first to make sure that um, our territory is clean for clear from um, further terrorists, and more importantly, to make sure uh, that we eradicate absolutely eradicate the threat posed by Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and other terrorist organizations to Israeli civilian population. All right, so, so many questions I ask you, Yanam. Um, let me get, begin with a more strategic one, uh, if I may. Why would Hamas, and by extension Iran, do this now? They had to know that Israel based on its history, is going to retaliate the way it is, that it's going to inflict far more damage in the end than Hamas is likely to inflict on Israel, and yet they did it anyhow. A lot of observers here in America who don't quite understand all the things that go into the machinations of Israel and its neighbors are asking that question. How can you answer it? You know, that's a very good question. What is clear right now is that this is an operation, an attack, a terror attack that has been planned for for many months. It was an orchestrated attack perpetrated by hundreds, if not more, uh, terrorists. So this is something that has been planned for many months. Um, 
Iran, if not directly connected, we're still gathering the information about that, but even if they're not directly connected to this operation, it is clear that they have been inspiring, financing, and promoting terrorism against Israel, specifically through Hamas and Islamic Jihad, for years now. So we have no doubt about that. Why now? This is a good question. Um, One may think that it might be because we are celebrating now three years to the Abraham Accords, that is the biggest accomplishment for peace in the Middle East in decades. And we were talking about, together with the American administration, um, the prospects for the joining of Saudi Arabia, the most important Arab country today, into the circle of peace with Israel, something that made Iran and its proxies, the terrorist organizations, very unhappy. That could be one reason. Second reason was they that they might have felt that because of internal issues in Israel, and it's no secret that the past year hasn't been great in Israel in the sense that our social and and political polarization grew, they thought that it might be an opportunity that Israel is weak and they they can attack Israel. So they did succeed. It it it, it was devastating. Well, let me, let me ask you: uh, Were the they news, correct? If, if the good news, the good news right now is that Israel really stands united, right, left, you know, stand together in, the, in, in fighting right. uh, against we'll, this we'll, I'll, I'll ask you about the similar support around the world for Israel in a moment, but uh, a, a frank question based on what you said. Were they correct? Did the infighting in Israel with regard to uh, the, the new judicial system and the political stuff and Netanyahu's comeback and all that, did that somehow take the eye off the ball of what is what is normally a staunch Israeli preparation for attack. I don't think that I don't think that this is the case because our security establishment continued to do whatever they needed to do. But we will have to investigate. We'll have to investigate how that happened. But this is not the top priority right now. The top priority is to get back the security to our communities in the south of the country and to make sure that this threat posed by Hamas and Islamic Jihad would not, um, would not repeat itself. Right. All right. The way you go about doing that, uh, the current plan as Israel is announcing it, and of course Israel and the IDF is not going to tell the world all of its plans, but what it has put out publicly is that you are cutting off power, uh, fuel, uh, etc., to the region. Um, what is the thinking behind that? The thinking behind it is that any infrastructure that serves the the terrorist organizations should be harmed in order to make sure that they don't take use of that to uh, retaliate and and attack back against Israel. Um, This is the basic um, logic. So 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 that and and we we should try to educate people. The area there is about the size, I think, of Washington, D.C., only it's got about two million people packed in. It's one of the most dense uh, areas in the world in terms of how many people per square inch. So you have a lot of people living in there. And obviously, uh, in 2005, correct my history, I don't, rem- you know, I don't have a book in front of me, but I think in 2005, you ceded control of it under a lot of international pressure, uh, Gaza. And, and two years later, Hamas had taken over, something that many Israelis predicted, as the whole world was saying, no, the Palestinians have to have self-control, self, self, self-governance. And then Hamas comes in and has been running it ever since and using it as a base upon which to attack Israel. Um, how do you go about 
harming Hamas, dismantling Hamas, and not harming the citizens who are caught in the crossfire there in that very, very dense population. Right. This is a major question and a major concern for us, because not only that, uh, what I mean, that it's one of the most uh, densely populated uh, areas in the world, but it's also about the ideology of Hamas, about using uh, their own citizens as human shields, because their, you know, military commando operations are, uh, are you know, being, being, being held from hospitals, from uh, schools and from, you know, civil office buildings. So that, this is a major concern. Well, so how do you do it? I mean, you just exactly. have to say so, it's it's collateral damage. So the IDF and... announced 24 hours ago that every citizen should leave their uh, if they if they are in vicinity of of Hamas uh, uh, command uh, command center, they should leave because we don't want to hurt them. At the same time, we need to make sure that as first priority we defend our own citizens, and this is the top priority right now. The that philosophy that you just described about human shields has taken an even more horrific tone with the hostages that have been taken right. by Hamas literally coming into Israel, parts of Israel, including that music festival, which is well detailed and killing many people there, young people who are just enjoying music. And then, and, yeah. yeah, and then and then leaving the bodies out there and then stealing some of them, literally stealing them and, 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 and uh, as human hostages and taking them back to Gaza. And now they put out a statement saying every time you strike by air, they'll kill a hostage, which reveals to you where Hamas is coming from. And if there's, there are no silver linings on this, but for me, when I hear people talking about, well, just the Palestinians needing a homeland, or whatever, now their, their true nature is revealed. Uh, and I think you've been on the program and other members of the consulate have been on the program rightfully saying, you know, you can criticize Israel, but Israel doesn't take hostages and put them in front of, of targets, uh, you know, little children and, and, and mothers, and say, we dare you to try to strike us now. And that's exactly what's now being done with these hostages. But these hostages are from your country. They're from our country. They're from France. Um, how are you going to, if they literally, you know, make good on their threat to kill that's a hostage? A that's a major question that is being discussed right now. Um, I, I don't. I have to admit, I don't have the oper operational details, of course. And even if I had, I couldn't share it on, on the radio. Right. But this is something that Israel and the IDF are very well aware of. And I, and enough. And uh, I think that I could say what I can say is that enough precaution is taken to minimize the damage. Um, this is something that, and, and, I, and I want to also go back to another point that you mentioned, because as you mentioned, as you, as you well said, people talk about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So also in Israel, there, are, there is a discussion. Some people support the two-state solution. Some people say, hey, we cannot allow an independent Palestinian state that would serve as a launch pad for attacks against Israelis. But whatever the debate is, this is not the case right now. We're not talking about politics. We're talking about defending our home. And about that, all Israelis are united because Hamas is not there for achieving the two-state solution. They are not accepting Israel as a democratic Jewish uh, homeland of the Jewish people. They do not uh, accept and recognize the existence of Israel as a homeland of the Jewish people. They want to eradicate the state 
as it is now. So it's not about two-state solutions or politics. It's about our mere existence. And when it comes to our mere existence, I think that all Israelis are very much united. Right. And I'm glad you said that because that is the stated policy of Hamas. That's not you hurling an insult. Hamas clearly states we, we don't, do not believe in the existence of Israel. They don't deserve to exist, and they won't rest until the Jews are wiped out. And so this is, this is about that now, and it's not about, as you, you, you talk, politics of a two-state solution. Um, last question for you. Do you believe Iran plotted this? Could, they, could, could Hamas have pulled off the nature of this attack, the multi-front attack, the coordination of it all without the uh, real involvement. I don't mean like, well, money or some weapons, or the, but real involvement of uh, the Iranians and their forces. We don't have yet a clear, clear information about the specific involvement of Iran in this specific Well, the operation. Wall Street Journal seems However, to. However, right, right. I read this article. But I want to say something broader, Mitch. Hamas and the Islamic Jihad and Hezbollah in Lebanon and other state militias in, in Syria and in Yemen of Iran. They're financed by Iran. They're inspired by Iran. And Iran is they're also trained by Iran. So the, the f- fingerprints of Iranian uh, malign activity are all over the region and specifically in the Gaza Strip. Any such operation, any terror attack against Israel from the Gaza Strip could not have occurred without the continued year-long support of the Iranians. So does, does Iran become a long-term target for Israel? Do you, have to, do you have to basically take on Iran in order to assure this doesn't happen again? Iran has been a major threat to Israel for many years, but it's not just an Israeli problem. Iran has also been a threat, and we've seen it recently, to the stability in the Middle East. And also to, and specifically to the to the moderate Arab countries in the Middle East, whose number is growing because we see more and more Arab countries want to wanting to join the circle of peace with Israel. But it's not just Israel in the Middle East; it's also a global issue because, as we have seen during the past two years, Iran has been the major supporter of the Russian in their aggressions against the Ukraine. So it's a, Iran is a global problem. It's not an Israeli problem, and yeah. it's not a Middle Eastern problem. It's a world problem. Well, as, uh, we, uh, as, as, and global challenges need global answers, well, we want, not just, I, I, not just I, by Israel. I should have said this at the start, but I wanted to jump right into the, uh, the questions and answers. But um, our hearts go out to Israel, uh, having, of course, lived through 9-11 on our own front, and many in Israel are calling this their 9-11. Let people who are listening understand that Israel has a population of just under 10 million people. To lose 1,000 citizens— is the equivalent of if America lost 33,000 people. Can you imagine if 33,000 Americans were slaughtered by terrorists in a single day? We lost less than 3,000 in, in 9-11 when all the bodies were counted. Can you imagine 10 times that, more than 10 times that in a, in a, in a single day? That's the impact that this has on Israel. And uh, our condolences to everyone there and our prayers for what is yet to come, which is going to be difficult. Yanama, thank you for coming on with us as always. Thank you. Thank you, Mitch. I appreciate it. The Council General of Israel to the Midwest, Yanam Cohen, back with more on 760 WJR.